Welcome to the Abide Daily Podcast from Ecclesi of the Church in Salt Lake City, a time led by our pastors and others in our church to abide in God through prayer, reflection, and the reading of His Word together. Hey, this is Greg. Thanks for joining me today. As we begin our prayer and reading today, let's start off by taking a moment to pause, be still, and be aware of God's presence. Take a moment to share with the Lord where we're at, what we're thinking and feeling, as well as thank Him for all that He's done, is doing, and will do. for endurance. Almighty God, whose most dear Son went not up to joy, but first he suffered pain, and entered not into glory before he was crucified. Mercifully grant that we, walking in the way of the cross, may find it none other than the way of life and peace, through Jesus Christ your Son, our Lord. Amen. Lord, as I read your words in Scripture, I ask, Holy Spirit, that you lead me and give me understanding. Lord, I ask that you would draw near and meet with me and lead me into your kingdom today. We'll be reading from Matthew chapter 22, verses 15 through 40. Then the Pharisees went and plotted how to entangle him in his words. And they sent their disciples to him, along with the Herodians, saying, Teacher, We know that you are true and teach the way of God truthfully, and you do not care about anyone's opinion, for you are not swayed by appearances. Tell us then what you think. Is it lawful to pay taxes to Caesar or not? But Jesus, aware of their malice, said, Why put me to the test, you hypocrites? Show me the coin for the tax. And they brought him a denarius. And Jesus said to them, Whose likeness and inscription is this? They said, Caesar's. Then he said to them, Therefore render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's, and to God the things that are God's. When they heard it, they marveled, and they left him, and went away. The same day the Sadducees came to him, who say that there is no resurrection, and they asked him a question, saying, Teacher, Moses said, If a man dies, having no children, his brother must marry the widow and raise up offspring for his brother. Now there were seven brothers among us. The first married and died, and having no offspring, left his wife to his brother. And so too the second and third down to the seventh. After them all the woman died. In the resurrection, therefore, of the seven, whose wife will she be? For they all had her. But Jesus answered them, You are wrong, because you know neither the scriptures nor the power of God. For in the resurrection they neither marry nor are given in marriage, but are like angels in heaven. And as for the resurrection of the dead, have you not read what was said to you by God? I am the God of Abraham, and the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. He is not the God of the dead, but of the living. 
And when the crowd heard it, they were astonished at his teaching. But when the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together, and one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question to test him. Teacher, which is the great commandment of the law? And he said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. And a second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. These three little teaching snippets in the life and ministry of Jesus have really been something that I've been thinking about as I've been preparing for uh, for this. And I think the theme that I've uh, grabbed from each one of them is just this idea um, of God giving us earthly gifts and giving us earthly uh, pleasure and good things. Um, and yet these good things that are upon the earth can... can um, we can put too much emphasis or weight or um, importance even on them, and we can be swayed um, from our love of God and our love of, of neighbor. And uh, let me just kind of get into it with with these passages. In the first, with paying taxes, um, you know, Jesus talks about money a lot. Uh, but what, what what really captivated me was not the the idea of money in this passage, but what it says in verse 16, that they speak to Jesus as as saying, you do not care about anyone's opinion, for you are not swayed by appearances. And just this idea that that for Jesus, money wasn't wasn't an issue. He trusted the Lord's provision and, and, and he trusted that God would, would give him the funds that are needed. And we have accounts of people who supported financially the ministry of Jesus out of uh, out of the abundance of what they had. Uh, and, and, and yet this idea that Jesus isn't concerned with these, with, with provision necessarily, he's not even concerned with what people think about him. And that's significant in our culture. I think this, this little nuance with the way of Jesus that he's not swayed by appearances. He's not, he's, he doesn't necessarily care about someone's opinion of him. And yet, I think in our culture, we can get so consumed with outward appearance and how am I being um, understood or am I, am I coming across to this certain person in a certain way? And yet, Jesus entrusts that in and of itself to the Father. And he takes responsibility for his actions. He takes responsibility for the way he res- responds. And yet, he, he isn't concerned with even people's opinion of him. Sure, he wants to persuade, but he's living in obedience more to the Father than to people's opinions. The second is this idea of the resurrection and this issue of marriage. And, uh, and, and Jesus specifically saying that in the heavenly kingdom, we are not going to be given to marriage to one another. Uh, marriage will be no more. And it was it was just this conviction and just a, a stirring in me of, man, the marriage that I have is, is good and I'm thankful for the gift that it is from the Lord, but it ultimately is in its greatest form a picture. And just that reminder that it's a picture of God's love and his nearness and his intimacy with us. 
And I think a lot of times in the church, we can get consumed with marriage or if we're not married, we want to get married. If we're, we're married, we're, how, how, do we, how do we be obedient in this? And that's a biblical idea. That those are good things. And yet marriage is temporary. Marriage is not eternal. Just like someone's opinion of you is not ultimate. God is the ultimate fulfiller of the marriage covenant, of the marriage promise with us as his people. And so let's experience this earthly gift with a heavenly reality and fulfillment that it is it's going to be better in the life to come. And, uh, and even how it ends with Jesus um, expressing what the greatest commandment is, is to, to love God and to love neighbor. And, and that everyone was bewildered by this teaching, that they, they didn't dare ask him any more questions. Why? Because that is the emphasis and the heart and the challenge of what it looks like uh, to live in obedience in the law of God, but also um, in the life of Jesus of what he modeled for us and what he ultimately displayed for us in love for us, his neighbor, love for humanity, and love and obedience to the Father. So my question for you today is, is simply this. What earthly good things are you experiencing that, that display and show an ultimate reality? What earthly things are you experiencing that are good, that are gifts, that are awaiting ultimate fulfillment. Lord Jesus, thank you that you 
give us good gifts. Thank you that you uh, let us experience your blessing upon the earth, that you provide for our needs, that you affirm us in your love for us, in your word, in your in your church, in the gospel, that uh, your opinion of us is that of, of a father of, of love and of encouragement and, and even of discipline, that you correct us, Lord, that you've given us marriage as a gift, um, as this picture of, of joy and of connection. And and Lord, we, we confess um, that we await the day, Lord, that we see you face to face, the lover of our soul, the one who knows every inch um, of, of our story, of our history, of our feelings, um, of who we are. And Lord, we long for the day that we see you face to face and embrace you fully as your church. And so, Lord, thank you for the the good gifts that you have given us. Thank you for your provision. Thank you for your love. Thank you for how that's expressed in our lives. And Lord, we are filled with faith in the ultimate fulfillment of those things in your kingdom, Jesus, so that through our lives and by our prayers, your kingdom would come.